0: Before I begin this morning, I would just want to mention a couple of things. Number one, tonight, as you may know, is our night of Christmas music. Um, Pastor Mike and our choir have labored for the glory of God for a long time, preparing this for you to help encourage you and bless you. So if it's possible, I would really encourage you to return tonight at five o'clock for this night of Christmas music. It will be followed by a fellowship supper. Second, I want to introduce our special guest this morning, Paul and Hannah Gardner. Right over here, Paul is the director of Camp Barrakel. And uh, he gave us an excellent presentation of the ministry of Camp Barrakel during Sunday school this morning. That was live streamed so you can watch it. And I say that to you because we are considering Camp Barakel for financial support, for becoming a regular part of our missionary support team. And that will be voted on at our annual meeting in January. So this is your opportunity to be fully informed. Also, after the service this morning, Paul and Hannah will be out at their display table in the foyer. And you are certainly welcome to get to know them, encourage you to do that, and to ask questions. Well, this morning, I want to continue this morning in our ongoing series on the attributes of God. Now, next week, we're going to take a break from this series, and I'm going to do a three-part series focused on Christmas. But I wanted to stay with our series on the attributes of God this morning because of the particular attribute that we come to, as Jim alluded to in his prayer. This morning we come to the love of God. This vast, immense, incredible subject, biblical topic for us to look at this morning. We have been looking at the attributes of God. I'm sharing with you 15 attributes of God, one by one. This is the 13th one. We'll have our break for the Christmas series, then come back and finish the last two attributes of God. But the reason I wanted to do this, even though it's the first Sunday in December, is because the love of God, I believe, as well as any topic, will lead us into the Christmas season and, and at the same time will lead us into our celebration of the Lord's Supper this morning. As I've been doing in this series, we'll have one specific main passage and then we'll look at quite a few other passages. The main passage that we will look at this morning is 1 John chapter 4 and verses 7 through 12. 1 John Chapter 4 and verses 7 through 12. The Apostle John writes this. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. In this... one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. There is a sense in which every pastor, every evangelist who may preach on the love of God feels so inadequate, so overwhelmed. There have been entire books written on the love of God. So what I will share with you this morning, I hope you understand, is simply a small part of this vast, immense, wonderful, glorious subject that we can consider. And as with each attribute of God that we've been looking at, my heart's desire is that it will cause you to meditate on and to pursue, if you will, these attributes, to think of them, of the greatness, the awesomeness, the transcendence of our God. We have a gigantic God, and we need to In a good way, in a good way, let that overwhelm us. So our first point this morning is God is love. Although love is one of the most misused words in all languages, true love is only found in God and can only flow from God. And if you remember nothing else this morning, that's what I want you to remember. That's my big idea this morning. That's my main theme this morning is that true love, genuine love, is only found in God and can only flow from God. Any other usage of the word love is an artificial, contrived conception of love. It is not true love. The greatest word for love, as you may know, is the Greek word agape. It is the highest form of love that there is. It's not based on a whim or a feeling. It's not based on external attraction. It's a love that is rooted deep within the one who loves. The one who is doing the loving that sacrificially gives to seek the highest possible good for the one who is loved. That's what agape love is. If you remember a few weeks back, we looked at the wisdom of God. And if you recall, I shared with you the wisdom of God is that God always wants for his children the highest possible good. Therefore, we yield to, submit to The wisdom of God rather than to our wisdom because what he wants for us, desires for us, for his glory and our good is always better than what we want or we desire. Let me give you a contrast this morning. The word lust. The word lust means to take from someone else what is not lawfully yours. It is to desire to take from someone else Which is not yours, which is not lawfully yours. But the word love is the complete opposite. It's the polar opposite. Rather than taking, God loves, excuse me, God's love gives, and not just gives, but gives at great cost and gives sacrificially. And the greatest love that could be shown is to give this love to those. Who are unlovely. What amazing love it is. When God chooses to love those. Who otherwise would be abhorrent to him. Because of their sin. And because of their disobedience. And folks that includes every single one of us. In the holiness of God. Which was one of the earliest attributes that we looked at. In our sinful state, we are abhorrent to God, enemies of God, because of our sin, and He chooses to love us in our sinful state. For we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and because of God's holiness, He hates our sin, and apart from Christ, must pour out His judgment upon us. And yet, and yet, we become the objects of God's saving love. A love that is so great that he has given his only begotten son to die for us on Calvary's cross that we might live with him and be with him forever and ever. And I want you to grasp this morning, this is the very Nature of God. Love is not something that God simply does. It is who he is. God is love. He is genuine, authentic love. And the passage that we're looking at this morning in 1 John chapter 4. John said, beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And I want you to notice the structure of the sentence there. Love is from God. And whoever loves, if you have any expression of genuine love, which you do in Christ, in Christ, it's only because you have been born of God and know God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Important statement there in 1 John chapter 4. Love is actually a test of your salvation. Jesus said in John 13, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. It's a test that you belong to Christ, that you have been truly born again, that you have been truly regenerated, that you love one another. Someone who does not love, no matter what the profession of their mouth may be, has never genuinely trusted Christ as Savior, have never genuinely been born of God. In this is the love, excuse me, in this the love of God was made manifest among us that god sent his only son into the world that we might live through him the greatest expression of god's love is the sending of jesus into this world to ultimately be the perfect lamb of God and die as that sacrificial lamb in our place for our sins so that we might live through him. And that is not only to be the focus of our trust for salvation, it is also to be the great example for us. That this God to whom we were abhorrent in our disobedience and in our dis in our sin, has sent his son to die for us that we might live through him. Verse 10. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Two things I want you to notice. It's not that we loved God. But that he loved us. Before you ever. Pursued him. He was already pursuing you. He always loved you first. Before you loved him. He. And we're going to look at this more at the end. But he is always the initiator. He is always the pursuer. And he sent his son. To take away. To propitiate. To cover over our sins in the new international version it says that Jesus is an atoning sacrifice for our sins not only the focus of salvation for saving faith but also the highest possible example in the universe of what true love is verse 11 beloved if God so loved us We also ought to love one another. And it's not just, it's not just, well, he did all this for you, so you should really love one another. That is true. But it's he loved us, sent his son to be the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and through him and through him only, we have the ability The supernatural, Christ-resurrected, living-in-us ability to love one another. Therefore, love one another. Express that love to one another. Verse 12. No one has ever seen God. We looked at that, the second attribute of God, the spirituality of God. God doesn't have a body. We don't actually see him. No one has ever seen God if... We love one another. God abides in us. And his love is perfected in us. So our love for one another is absolutely crucial in the body of Christ. And as a witness to the watching world. And we can only love. Which I really want to hone in on on this message. We can only love because of his love. His love now resides in us. Through the resurrected and living Christ. I want to look at three aspects of the love of God. I want to look at the the infinite nature of his love. I want to look at his sacrificial love. And I want to look at his passionate love. First, his infinite love. God's love for his children is infinite. He loves us as much as he loves His own son. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. But scripture teaches us that God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. That is incredible. God's love is a limitless love. It is a love that has no boundaries. It is an infinite love that the Father has set upon those who come to know him as Savior. In Jeremiah 31 and verse 3, this is not on the screen, but Jeremiah, or God says through the prophet Jeremiah, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have loved you with an everlasting love. And if you're here this morning, and maybe you've come from a difficult background growing up, and you have a difficult time experiencing and feeling loved I want you to know this God loves you more than you will ever understand and I want all of us to know that it is an everlasting love unfortunately it has become almost a little cliche a trite phrase oh God loves you oh it is so much more than that God loves you he loves you right now he loves you where you are He knows everything about you, and he loves you anyway. I think of Ephesians chapter 3. Again, I don't have this on the screen, but the Apostle Paul, one of his prayers says, I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love excuse me, is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. What kind of love is this? It is wide and long and high and deep and surpasses all knowledge. And part of this infinite Everlasting love is the fact that God the Father loves you as much as he loves his own son. Now that ought to humble us and it ought to encourage us at the same time. That within the triunity of God, as much as God the Father loves God the Son, that's how much he loves you right now. Right now. In Christ. When Christ comes to live Inside us, he brings the Father's love to us. Two verses, both from Jesus' high priestly prayer in John chapter 17. John 17, 23. Jesus says, Father, Father, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. John 17, 26, again, praying to the Father, I made known to them your name and will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. God's love is an infinite love in which he loves us as much as he loves the Son. Our second point this morning is sacrificial and passionate. First, sacrificial. When God gave us his excuse me, when God gave us his son, he gave us the greatest gift he could ever give to make the greatest sacrifice that he could ever make. I just want you to let that sink in. When God gave us Jesus, he gave us the greatest gift He could possibly give to make the greatest sacrifice that he could possibly make. God only has one son. And to give that one son for us is everything. To give that one son is to hold nothing back. Charles Spurgeon said this. Because the son is co-equal with God the Father... God gave God. I want you to think about that with me. Because the Son is co-equal with God the Father, when God sent the Son, God gave God. God the Father gave God the Son. God could not have possibly given us a greater gift as a demonstration of his sacrifice Excuse me, his sacrificial love for you and for me. Think also of this. When we think of the love of God, we tend to think primarily of the love of the Father, but think of the love of Christ for you, the love that Christ has for you. Think of the love that God the Son has for you, that He would go to a cruel cross to a bloodstained cross and there die in our place, in the place of sinful men and women just like you and me. How great must the love of God the Son be for us that he would come knowing that his purpose was to die in our place. This is sacrificial love. It is true love. It is costly love. I know you know these verses well, but listen to them again. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you know why we love that verse so much? Do you know why they memorize that verse in Awana? Because it is so true. It says it so well. God demonstrated his love for you in that, in that while you were still sinful, disobedient. The enemy of God. He died for you. Christ died for you. John 10:11. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus said, I have come to lay down my life for my sheep so it is an infinite love god's love it is a sacrificial love but there's one more aspect this one meant so much to me as i studied this subject i think it's something that we don't consider enough teach and preach about enough and that is this god's love is a passionate Pursuing love that is filled with holy emotion. Our God is an emotional God. He is a passionate God. That's why you have emotions. Because you were created in the image of God. The imago dei. Our emotions are stained with sin. But God's emotions are are perfect and holy. But I want you to grasp that this morning. God is not some stoic, unemotional being in heaven making some chess bo- making some chess moves on a computer screen. He's not just up there just kind of moving things around here on Earth. He's not like that. That's the description of Allah in Islam. Detached, impersonal, doesn't want to get involved in our emotions. Let me tell you, our God is different. He is an emotional God. He is filled, I want you to know that. He is emotionally filled with love for us. God is, his heart is full of affection for his children. When we believe, and Paul talked about the gospel during his presentation in Sunday school. When we believe, when we come to Christ, it's not some little transaction that happens in heaven. It isn't like God's some indifferent accountant up there, and he just moves your name from one ledger to another, and he's totally disconnected from what's really happening. Okay, Joe goes from unsaved to saved and lets the angels know that when you get to heaven, let him in. Okay, that's not what it's like. No, God God's heart rejoices when one sinner comes to Christ. It rejoices when one sinner comes home. He rejoices when one lost sheep is brought into the fold. He rejoices when we come to faith. In his son, I'm going to read some verses. They're not on the screen. I just want you to listen to them if you want to jot down the reference, but I just want to read them back to back for effect this morning. I want you to understand how holy and wonderful our emotional God is. Deuteronomy 30, verse 9 For the Lord will again take delight in prospering you as he took delight in your fathers Jeremiah 32 41 I will rejoice in doing them good and I will plant them in this land in faithfulness with all my heart and with all my soul God says that I will rejoice with all my heart and all my soul Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is in your midst a mighty one who will save he will rejoice over you with gladness he will quiet you by his love he will exult over you with loud singing did you know that God sings? He sings about you he will rejoice over you with gladness, he will exult over you with loud singing. Luke fifteen twenty. What a picture of the heart of God when the prodigal son comes home. It says, and he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. That's your God. That's our God. How great is the love of the Father for us. Martin Luther once said this, God did not love us because we are valuable. We are valuable because God loves us. Folks, this is why we're celebrating Christmas this month. We only have Christmas because of the love of God in sending Jesus into our world to help us find great hope in our hopelessness. Folks, this is why we're celebrating communion this morning because God in his sacrificial love sent his son to die in our place that we might have life through him. At this time we're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. If you're new or if you're visiting with us this morning, one of our deacons will pray over the bread and the cup. Then the deacons will hand out a little stacked cup with a bread and juice. And then when everyone has been served, I will read a passage of scripture and then we will eat together. And then I'll read another passage of scripture and we'll drink together. If you are watching this morning by live stream, while we are serving communion, we encourage you to use this as a time of meditation and reflection.